If you are put under a tornado warning at this very moment, would you know where to go? Always the lowest level and most interior room, right? Well, for some of us, that option may not always be the safest. What if you live in a mobile or manufactured home? Or if you're at a workplace with windows lining the walls? Instead of relying on the infrastructure around you, a company called Survivastorm has designed and built shelters that can be installed anywhere and protect you from an EF5 tornado. To talk about the advances that have been made in storm shelter technology over the years, we have Survivastorm's Caitlin Paramore. Caitlin, welcome to the Weather Geeks. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You know, it's really, this is actually something I've wanted to talk about for some time. And so thank you for joining us. And I usually start the podcast asking each guest how they became a weather geek. Now, are you a weather geek? <laughs> you know, I think working in the industry, you're kind of forced to be a weather geek. You know, you kind of have to prepare from a staffing and inventory need of where the weather is going and what it's doing. Um, I'm actually a bit of a scary cat when it comes to weather. So... <laughs> Well, that's that's smart. It's very dangerous yeah. weather. I think weather geeks tend to, and it's something I often say. You, as a weather geek, you often find many weather enthusiasts or meteorologists sort of really excited when there's severe weather and whatnot. And I always remind people not to cheer for the storm because right. they're dangerous. Now they're right. also fascinating. I mean, I as weather geeks, but these things affect lives and so forth. And that's why we're talking to you today because. Storm shelter technology is a, a mitigation strategy against these dangerous storms. Let me give the listeners of Weather Geeks a bit of your background, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Uh, Caitlin is the director of sales for Survivor Storm Shelters, and she's been with the company for the past 11 years. Survivor Storm is the nation's largest storm shelter manufacturer with a focus on businesses. Uh, they're also the largest producer member of the National Storm Shelter Association. Oh, this is neat. She's a blazer. She attended Valdosta State University uh, with degrees in business administration and management. And the fact that I'm at the University of Georgia, I'm certainly familiar with Valdosta State University. So uh, I think this could be history and that this is our first blazer alum on Weather Geeks. Oh, fancy. Well, I'll give a go dogs. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, well, we'll take it for sure. Okay. What, what makes you so passionate about the work that you do at Survive a Storm? You know, it's fascinating over the years. Um, you, what fuels that passion is knowing that you're saving people. And it sounds so cheesy to when you when you say it out loud, but some of the success stories that we've received over the years, whether it be a phone call, a text message, an email of someone calling and saying, hey, Caitlin, I can't begin to tell you how grateful I am that my family had a place to go. Um, having a affordable option that can protect everyone, my neighbors, my pets, everything. And having those success stories really tugs at your heartstrings. And, you know, you were mentioning earlier the industry and it is, it is such a niche industry. Um, and it's a, you have an opportunity to provide a product to someone in the time of a disaster, in the time of panic. And while we never want to prey on that, we want to do our best to educate folks and that, that's what fuels me. It's, it's the passion of knowing that we can put good, valid information out there that's um, tested, it's approved, it's backed by all of the organizations that we partner with, and we can save someone's life. Now, something that really surprised me when I was looking at some of the production notes about the company, you're actually based in Thomasville, Georgia, which I've 
certainly familiar with Thomasville as well. Spent many times driving through it on my way to Florida State University. That's where I went to school. Uh, that's actually a bit surprising to me, given, I mean, obviously we get tornadoes here in the Southeast, and we'll talk a bit more about that later. But I I don't tend to like to use the term alley in the more, anymore because it connotes that they only tornadoes only happen in those alleys. But I, I, I know that people would maybe have thought that you were based or headquartered more in the sort of Great Plains or some. So how'd you end up or why is the company in Thomasville, Georgia? Yeah, geographically, we're kind of an outlier, huh? Um, We originally created this company and our previous parent company is a disaster relief organization. So when we started, we were originally doing a lot of disaster relief for FEMA um, down like Hurricane um, Katrina, Haiti when the earthquake hit. So kind of geographically there and then deciding, okay, what's next for us? What product is next? And storm shelters is kind of where we landed. And while we are based in Thomasville, um, it just happened to be where our manufacturing facility was. And so we have expanded to where we have warehouses and locations throughout um, the Midwest and the South west and southeast to to be able to accommodate those different but yeah our manufacturing our heart is here in thomasville and it's kind of where we've always been no yeah you know you've been there 11 years but how old is the company previous ownership this company is about 25 years old um and then we were purchased a couple of years ago may will be two years um, by RedGuard, which is our new parent company that designs Blastroom. So there's a lot of synergies there um, in the um, safety world, having blast-resistant rooms or tornado shelters. Um, so that's that's where we are now. And I mentioned this. Look, one of the things, just let's do a little weather geek out for a moment. You know, we certainly get more tornadoes still in the Great Plains and so forth. But there has been research by Victor Gensini and Harold Brooks and others whom, whom we will have on Weather Geeks here soon that shows that the, the frequency of tornado occurrences even here in the Southeast have upticked in recent years to decades. And so uh, they're particularly danger. Uh, particularly dangerous aspects of that, given that, you know, it's not as flat, there's tree cover, there's more vulnerable housing. And so that's where I want to pivot now. Uh, What particular vulnerabilities do you see in places like the Southeast that certainly gets its share of tornadoes these days as well, particularly nighttime or nocturnal tornadoes? Yeah, I think the biggest vulnerability we run into is that there's a lack of education. Um, because it has always been kind of viewed as a Midwest problem. You know, maybe the South maybe has more of a hurricane or tropical storm, but there's a there's a severe lack of education and understanding of what causes a tornado, what is the perfect conditions for a tornado. And as weather patterns have shifted over the years, it's been fascinating to see where because our business follows where the storms go, it's it's inevitable. And so to shift, if I look at a five or seven or 10 year sales trend, you know, where was first popular was the Midwest. And now, you know, Alabama, Tennessee is really um really a hot spot for us. And so a, a lack of education and also too kind of one of the, the mindsets of it would never happen to me. Um, is a big vulnerability that we see. You know, oh, I I think, you know, I can maybe use this because it happened one time a year ago and people not really understanding it's it's not stopping. You know, if anything, it's getting worse and worse as as we go further east. 
One thing, and I, I teased this when I opened the show, let's just do a little education here on Weather Geeks. But let's just assume people do have a home with a basement. I'm actually in my studio in my, my basement right now, uh, but the, I'm in a somewhat exposed part of the basement, but there is a part of the basement that's underground. That's still sort of the ideal place to go. So let's sort of start with, if you have a home with a basement, if you have a, don't have a home with a basement, and then what are the options that might sort of prompt someone to seek someone like you out. So let's just yeah. do a little education here. Yeah. So whether you have a basement or not, I definitely encourage you to seek out a storm shelter manufacturer. Um, we try to always educate. And while a basement is a good place to start, you have to consider what if that house falls? What if you were stuck in that basement? What if you were stuck in that interior room in that basement? and the roof collapses, right? There's no guarantee that that roof load is going to hold in the event of an EF5 wiping out a home, right? So that's one of the biggest things that we focus on is basements, yes. And if your budget doesn't allow for a shelter, a basement is a great place. An interior room is a great place. We will always educate to at least find somewhere safe. Uh, we also make a product that can be installed in a basement. So for those that have a place where they feel comfortable, but maybe want a little bit more protection, it allows them that opportunity. If you don't have a basement, I would say probably 90% of our storm shelter models that we install are above ground and they are installed in a garage or a patio. Um, it's not somewhere that takes up a whole lot of space. You can still park your vehicles. And the entry time for an above ground is very quick. You open the door and you walk right in. And so you don't lose a lot of storage space and you can have a safe place to go. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Caitlin Paramore. She's with a company called Survive a Storm, uh, Survive a Storm uh, Shelters, and they are leading, if not the largest storm shelter manufacturer. And, you know, I want to continue with that conversation that we just ended the, the first segment on. You mentioned above ground I imagine they are in ground. Can you just give us the range of types of shelters that that you manufacture and the sort of pros and cons of each? Absolutely. So we manufacture both above and below ground units. We do only offer installation on above ground units. So your safe rooms, um, the, the ones that, again, would go in your garage, your patio, your closet. The below grounds, as technology has grown and shifted, the industry has come to understand that, that a below ground seller that, you know, someone may see in Twister or, you know, some sort of, you know, advertisement that you picture in a movie 20 years ago, it's kind of dated, you know, it's become a, a thing of the past. And simply one of the things that we preach around here is entry time, you know, tornadoes, you don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of warning and you've got to go when you hear that siren or you hear a tornado coming. And so having a unit that you can just simply open the door and walk in, it fits an array of clients. 
ADA accessible, our elderly clients, maybe clients with kids or pets who are trying to get somewhere in a hurry versus a below ground where you have stairs and you got to get outside, you know, in the weather, you have to go down those stairs. Um, so it's technology has come a long way in regard to safe rooms and, and tornado shelters and the, the accessibility factor. And that they're considering people with dis disabilities or people with conditions that may slow them down uh, to, you know, giving them a safe place to go. What, what, how have the materials that these shelters are constructed from evolved over time? I mean, what are they made from? And is that different than, say, 20 years ago? Yeah, the industry itself is going to provide an array of products. So um, here at Survivor Storm, we manufacture steel safe rooms and tornado shelters. Um, there are other manufacturers that maybe focus on fiberglass or concrete. And, and I believe each one has their pros and their cons. For us, um, as steel as a steel storm shelter manufacturer, we've said, okay, what's the best product on the market? It's not going to rust because we powder coat it. It's going to withstand, you know, that two by four to hundred miles an hour. What is kind of the sturdiest, longest lasting material that we can work with? It's not going to crack like fiberglass. It's not going to hold moisture like concrete. Um, so steel is, is what we settled on. And over time, what we've done is modified units to obviously fit the current building code or the current um, FEMA code, the compliance that's out there. So from a material standpoint, we've always used steel, but we have essentially, for lack of better words, beefed them up over the years to become more code compliant, to um, be able to match a code compliance that may be in Texas, but also in Kentucky, right? Right. You know, I'm just curious, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, have you had any personal experiences yourself with tornadic storms? Well, you know, we, so being here in Thomasville, as I mentioned that it could never happen to us mentality, that's kind of what we live in around here um, because they're so foreign. They don't happen very often here. So I have a storm shelter at my parents' house. I have a storm shelter at my house and we have them here at the office and we've used them. We've used them a couple of times and it's, we made sure to buy a larger size because while a tornado may not be on its way, the weather may be bad enough that I want to go stay the night or I want to go stay a couple of hours. Um, so we don't, I have fortunately never had a tornado drop in my yard, but they have hit Thomasville before and it's, it's been a very close call. Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> I want to mention something uh, that um, Caitlin said earlier. I, I think the latest statistics from the National Weather Service or researchers suggest about 14 to 15 minutes lead time on average for uh, warned tornadoes. And so uh, this is why I often in my various discussions and writings uh, talk about sort of being weather aware, having a plan, having a night plan uh, in the same way that you brush your teeth uh, at night before you go to bed. Uh, check the weather. Don't just assume, don't anchor to forecast you saw a day or two ago or, or even earlier that day. Uh, be weather aware because in the southeast, as I mentioned earlier, these nocturnal tornadoes that spin up on these lines, what we call quasi-linear convective systems or QLCSs, can be particularly dangerous. But uh, this is something you mentioned uh, that I want to kind of dig into. The Southeast certainly has had its share of tornadoes, and we certainly saw, I guess, even some winter tornadoes a few years ago that impacted an Amazon facility, or can I think it was a candle-making facility, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly. Many of your 
sort of clients or businesses and says, how, how does, how does that work? What, how does a business approach you and what are their needs? Yeah. So you talk about a niche market. So primarily um, how that works and who we services service are businesses who care about safety. They care about employee safety and facility safety. So they oftentimes our clients have someone on staff that will come and assess you know, hey, we may need new PPE gear, a new siren, fill in the blank. And then if a business says, hey, we bought this facility, we moved in 10 years ago, tornadoes weren't a big concern for us. Can you help us retrofit something? Can you provide a solution? So realizing that they need somewhere safe for their employees to go. So because we manufacture a pre-engineered, pre-manufactured unit, we can show up on site with this really large shelter that holds about 100 people on average, and it's one piece. So we, we pour a pad, we drop it there, and then now all of a sudden these employees have somewhere to go. We have serviced companies that have 20 employees or companies that have 5,000 employees. There's really kind of no cap on what we can service, but it is an interesting driver when companies start realizing especially after you mentioned the December storms, especially after realizing the liability that they may have to not be able to provide protection for their employees. Or, you know, the candle factory is a great example. They had protection, but it was a basement and they had hundreds of employees stuck for hours and with no power, no electricity, no water. And that that's that can be concerning from an from a you know employee standpoint. You know, how are you going to protect me so that I can get home to my family? That's a big question. And I mean, some of these some of these commercial shelters I read can fit up to fifteen hundred people. You mentioned a hundred or so with one, but are they, I mean, update us or educate us on the laws. Are are there laws that require? I mean, there are laws that require companies to have. Uh, fire safety equipment in there and, and installed yeah. and other safety facilities. And if they're having hazardous materials on site, um, what are the sort of, where are we in terms of the law on weather related um, sort of laws and safety? We are working on it. Um, so there is not currently a law that says businesses have to provide tornado protection for their employees. There are laws and codes, really codes in effect, that say schools have to provide for students, which I think is fantastic. That was implemented a couple of years ago, and it's it's a fantastic rule. You, you have to send your kids to school. You might as well protect your babies, right? Okay, but what are those? I mean, I have two kids that have recently been in school. One still is. What what is it that they just have to provide some type of procedure going into the halls and tucking their heads under books or they have to provide a a ef5 rated tornado shelter now that could be your kids gymnasium that could be your kids lunchroom it could be an older school that calls us and has us bring in something kind of after the fact a standalone um, not a multi-use building but majority of the time schools you'll see multi-use buildings we got to get the biggest bang for our budget right um, but no, there's there's no code no code code rule or law for businesses. I would love to see it, obviously, um, because it, people have to go to work, you know. And you can't help if it's if it's raining or windy and tornadoes are coming. And um, and then from an employer standpoint too, you know, one of the things we often make sure to educate our clients on is let's talk about your ROI. So if if there's an opportunity that you can make a $150,000 investment into your employee safety, 
a tornado comes and they're in that shelter for 20, 30 minutes, you're not sending anyone home. You're not having anyone drive to the storm. You're not losing a day's worth of work if that tornado comes at nine in the morning, right? It's 30 minutes. You're in, you're out. Let's put together a, an evac plan, a safety plan, and then get everybody back to work. And, and so ultimately, you know, having, having that RRI conversation really goes a long way too. Really interesting conversation here with Caitlin Paramore. Uh, learning so much. And, you know, I've been in the weather world for some time. So this is just very enlightening for me. Now, I, I, I you know, I want to take a break. And when I come back, I want to ask you something about manufactured homes and mobile homes. Okay. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard at the University of Georgia, or from the University of Georgia, and I'm talking with Caitlin Paramore about storm shelter technology. I mentioned earlier that one of the big vulnerabilities here, at least in the Southeast, is uh, there's a disproportionate number of mobile homes, manufactured homes, which are extremely vulnerable to severe weather. It doesn't even take an EF5. And frankly, it doesn't take an EF5 and even the Great Plains and so forth as well. Um, in terms of your shelters, uh, you've produced above and below ground shelters as, you talk, have, as you've talked about. Now, have any of the below ground shelters made their way to mobile homes or do, dominantly manufactured home communities? We have serviced a couple um, of manufactured home communities. You know, it's interesting. There are a lot of areas where having tornado shelters in a mobile home park or a manufactured home park is required. The issue that you see is that it's cheaper to pay a fine than it is to install a shelter. Um, so right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Majority of the time, you know, the city says, "Hey, this is a requirement," and um, if you don't do it, it's you know. Let's say it's a five thousand dollar fine. Fill in the blank. It varies everywhere, um, but yeah, it's it's cheaper to, to get a slap on the hand than it is to provide protection. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about these shelters. It's certainly not the only hazard that people face is tornadoes. I, I imagine the shelters are rated for other types of disasters as well, whether it be hurricanes or earthquakes, wildfires. Is that the case, or are they really designed to for tornado hazards? We really focus on tornado hazards. So, um, you know, you talk about hurricanes. If our, our units, because of the tornado shelter requirements, they're not airtight. You have to have ventilation requirements that we're held to. So say a hurricane comes and a storm surge happens and there's 10-foot waves. That unit is now, you know, the people inside are wet and, and filled with water. Um, so we really focus on tornadoes. That is, that is our niche. That is what we know and understand. Um, we have had people call and say, hey, can I have a tornado or, you know, a hurricane shelter? Um, can I, is this earthquake rated? Now, we, all of our units are designed and stamped by a structural engineer for every state that we service. So we do take into account snow loads, you know, what is that earthquake rating? You know, those kinds of things, depending on where we're servicing, do play into effect, but it's primarily into the foundation that we're installing this unit on. Does it need to be thicker? Does it need to be longer? That, that kind of data. Yeah, I want to dig into something that caught my eye as we were preparing for this episode. Now, you have something called a new storm warn, warn alert system that will call people 
if tornadoes headed their way. I'm really interested in the meteorology and the emergency management aspects of that in terms of what that's about. Tell us about it. Yeah, so it's a, it's a fantastic service. And you talk, you know, at the beginning of the show about education and what drives us and our passion. And it really is keeping people safe. And sometimes that doesn't always mean a storm shelter. So what it is, is a service that a um, customer or consumer, um, doesn't have to be a survive storm customer, a general consumer can sign up for. And you log your zip code or where you are, you allow your notifications to, to track. And if there is a tornado warning in your area, it's going to let you know. Um, it's going to give you a heads up. Now, we take it one step further. And for our customers who have purchased a storm shelter, we send them a text message when a tornado warning is in their area. Can you please confirm you're okay? Send yes or no. And if we don't hear from them, we gather at the time of their install a list of emergency contacts. So if we can't verify that our customer is okay, we start calling their emergency contacts to, to double check on them. It's a fantastic service that hundreds and thousands of people have quite literally just said, thank you. I, you know, thank you so much. I cannot tell you what peace of mind it gives me knowing that I'm in the middle of nowhere with my storm shelter and someone's checking on me. Now, I want to play counter here, I guess devil's advocate, as they say. Some would say, well, isn't that what the wireless emergency alert or WEA system does or whatnot? How does your system either augment or complement that? Or do you see issues or problems with the WEA system? I don't see any issues or problems. And I would actually go on to further point out that majority of the local EMA offices will have a similar program that kind of very similar to what we offer. The difference in where ours stands out is we physically make that 911 call if we can't get a hold of someone. We physically send out, you know, a an alert to your local response team that says, hey, please go check on customer one, two, three. We can't get a hold of them or their contacts. And it, it kind of takes it a step further to know that again, not only is someone checking on you, but they're sending someone to help. Yeah, this is really fascinating. Talking with Caitlin Paramore, you know, it's just like <laughs> thinking about your name, Paramore, because Paramore, the, the, the group is one of my favorite groups. That's right. <laughs> so, although you have two R's in your name, as I believe. I, what, I always say, things? yeah, I always tell folks, it's like the band, but with an extra R. With an extra R. <laughs> and, you know, I just want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today, because I know this is a special time for you. So just thank you for taking the time out to join us. Oh, what are you. some of the things that Survive a Storm wants to add to your cap? catalog in the future? Are you, you know, what's the future for you in terms of next products or goals? Yeah, what a fun question. We would love to continue to add partnerships. Um, we, are being, we are fortunate enough to partner with several big box retailers um, to have our product on display, but continuing to grow that. We also service a home builder network. So being able to partner with home builders who may be building developments or subdivisions and having them put our units into homes while they're building them. That way it's it's not even an afterthought. It's, it's, it's there, a customer doesn't have to worry about it. On the commercial side of our business, we really look forward to rolling out a mobile commercial unit this year. It'll be um, a lease option. So you may have a contractor that needs a unit for six months and now we have a temporary solution for them. So that's being engineered. A lot of fun products on the horizon. Um, a lot of expansion plans and, and a lot of networking plans for us um, to, to roll those out. So it's, it's gonna be a good year. 
Yeah, and I imagine you have a website where people can dive onto this, dive into this more. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least throw this question out there for the listeners. I mean, what are what are the rough costs for these? I mean, like for something a you know a residential sort of appropriate version of a shelter up to sort of a commercial. I mean, they're not good. I know they're range depending on yeah. size and scale, but you know, someone like me, and I'm sure many of the listeners coming into this, I just have no sense of what one of these things even costs. Yeah, you're not the only one. It's okay. Uh, there is a, our smallest unit holds a family of four. You can have that unit delivered and installed for around $4,000 if you're in our service area, and uh, which is pretty much covers from Oklahoma, Texas, all the way to the East Coast. And so, you know, for residential, and again, there's financing options. You don't have to come out of pocket all $4,000, right? There are options that we offer. For a commercial unit, those vary so drastically, but about $1,500 per occupant. So if you have a business with 100 employees, on average, it's $150,000 to have a unit, you know, give or take. Makes sense. And and one one question that just came to mind, are there any insurance benefits of owning these, or have you sort of made those types of connections as yet in terms of your industry? We have looked at it over the years. To my knowledge, there is not a benefit. Um, I would love it if there were because it would be a fantastic benefit for for companies especially, but not to my knowledge. But if you hear of anything, you let me. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly certainly something on the horizon, I imagine, for your industry for sure. But this has been such an amazing discussion, Caitlin. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, We're almost out of here, but before we get out of here, it's that time of the podcast where we recognize our geek of the week. Uh, We like to highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every podcast. This episode's Geek of the Week is actually a familiar name, Mike Olbinski. Mike, he is one of the best weather and storm photographers in the business and has won Emmys for his work. He's also been, a, I believe, a guest on the television show version of Weather Geeks. Do yourself a favor and look up one of Mike's monsoon montage videos. They are amazing. I promise you will not regret it. So congratulations, Mike, and shout out to Mike, one of our Weather Geeks alum. You know, Caitlin, before you get out of here, where can people find you on the web or on social media? Absolutely. They can visit www.survive-a-storm.com or they can find us on Facebook under Survive a Storm. And it's really been a pleasure to talk to you and thank you for joining you us today, joining you. <laughs> thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. And again, to all of you listening, I hope you learned something because I really did today. And Caitlin, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Shepard. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Weather Geeks.